The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. Thanks for joining us today, and I'm really excited to welcome our guest. I am here with, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this, so if I do, please correct me. We are here today with Marie Murad Feldman. Did I say that right? That's absolutely perfect. Oh, wonderful. See, look at that. That's what happens when you practice it over and over and over again. (laughs) And she is a licensed clinical professional counselor and has a private practice in Chicago and has worked in the field for many, many years and is here today to talk with us about messages that you give yourself um, and provide really an introduction to self-talk and how we can become more effective with basically how we talk to ourselves and with ourselves and all that kind of stuff. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Serena. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's let's just kind of jump into this. You know, let's when we when we when we are referring when you when you are referring to uh, messages that people give themselves. What what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I think um, I, we're thinking in terms of like thought wellness. You know, it's like kind of uh, the things that you tell yourself that help you manage difficult situations. And, you know, emotionally, it helps us deal with things in a healthier manner. You know, being able to use your thoughts to find, uh, like, resolution, satisfaction, or peace of mind. You know, also, like, being able to find the positive even in a negative situation. Okay. And that's an interesting phrase um, that you said there, like using your thoughts to help you um, find a way to manage a situation. Because I don't think most individuals um, hear it that way. Like they can actually use their own thoughts to their advantage. So can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think, you know, often a lot of times we attribute our um, emotions, our feelings to external things, but we actually are in control of those. I mean, it depends on how we view a situation. You know, we determine how we feel about it, and then we react to that. So I think understanding that the way you look at something and understanding how you're looking at it is affecting your behavior. And if you change that, you can handle situations a lot more easy and feel more in control. So give an example of what you mean by that. Let's um, give an example of like, um, like something that may happen to an individual. And if they're not using their thoughts to, to, 
um, look at a situation in a different way, and then an example of when an individual may be using their thoughts. What, how might that look different for somebody? Well, I think like we can take it, for example, in a work situation, say perhaps somebody's working on an assignment and their boss comes back and says, okay, I need you to change this or do this. And their immediate thought is, he doesn't think I know how to do this. He thinks I do everything wrong. You know, I, I really screwed up. Um, you know, that's going to make them feel worse about themselves and it's going to make them less productive. Whereas if in that same situation, the person said, okay, you know, that makes sense. I understand he wants to see this different and they don't personalize it, you know, and they kind of say, okay, this is something that, you know, I can learn from. This is, uh, it's not a criticism. It's just something to make the project better. Ooh, that sounds really hard to do. <laughs> well, yeah, because we do tend to personalize things. Uh, yes, I mean, I hear that a lot. I mean, a lot of people do that. I mean, that's just a common thing that people do is that we do tend to personalize things. Um, right. And, yeah. And so, so, you know, that's a really great example that you gave. So, I mean, kind of just taking a step back from that, what, what do you think are some of those things that, that'll, that, that contribute to people using that example, um, personalize. What do you think are some of those things that um, contribute to us personalizing things? Well, I think everybody has this like little self-critic inside them. And it's like that little voice in your head that's always catching everything you do wrong. You know, and in situations where anybody's questioning or challenging it, we, we go to that personalized voice and it's that little critic going, see, you messed it up. You're not good enough. You know, you know, so wherever you've learned to pick that up, you know, about trying to get it right and being perfect, I think that little critic is the voice in your head that comes out and kind of gets you in those situations. And so, so if we all, so, so everybody, so most of us have this self-critic. And so what it sounds like you're saying is that there are ways that we can kind of use this critic to our advantage. Like what in the, in the example that you gave, rather than taking it personally, um, kind of shifting that a little bit where we're seeing it as, oh, here's a way that I can, um, make this project a little bit better or this person is giving me feedback so that um, it comes out differently. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think because if you, you take it and keep it in the negative form where, you know, you're, you're just criticizing yourself and putting yourself down, you're not going to take any action based on that. You know, you're just going to feel lousy about it versus if you take the information that you got and think about, well, what can I do with this so that I do feel more in control and that I don't feel like this is something to make myself feel worse? You know, you're looking for the positive action in it that you can take. So the message, I mean, so it sounds like one of the messages that people may give themselves is this sense of when they do criticize themselves. And and that's an interesting link is that um, when they do criticize themselves, it's much easier not to take action from that. And is that something that you often see like in your practice? Yeah, I, I do think that that's the case because I think people get stuck on that. You know, they get more stuck on that. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to succeed. And it's kind of like they fulfill that, you know, that concern. They, they kind of step right into that. You know, they make it true because they just keep spinning their wheels in that same 
thought rather than how do I get myself out of this? Okay. So then, so let's, let's say, for example, like someone, maybe somebody who's listening to this and hearing this for the first time, like this is so new for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they've, they've not heard of this before, that this is actually something that may, may be something that they can do. How, how do you suggest um, a person um, starts with this? Like, what are some really small steps that they can start if this is something that they want to try? Because, you know, I mean, I imagine, I know that I've had clients in my own practice where, you know, they're very critical of themselves and, and it's really hard to, to step back from that and, and, to, um, and to detach from that. So I'm curious, what, what small steps can you offer for listeners that this is really new for them? Well, I think the first step obviously has to be that you have to realize that you're saying these things to yourself. So the first step is learning to listen to what are the messages that I'm saying to myself. And if you hear yourself telling yourself these negative things that you can't do and and the things that are making you feel stuck, you have to kind of say, all right, when I have this thought, is this helping me or hurting me? And if if the answer is it's hurting me, then you need to do something different. Obviously, you need to change the way you're looking at it and look at for some, something that you can turn into a positive or take action on. So, so let me let me just take a step back. So, mm-hmm. you're, so the first thing that I'm doing is that I'm going to listen to the messages that I'm telling myself. So, let's say that I'm. Um, this is brand new to me. I decide, okay, I want to try this and I'm, you know, I'm cleaning. And then all of a sudden now I, I'm, I'm cleaning and then I'm just like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to clean this one area. What's wrong with me? Why did I miss that? And then I say, oh, wait a minute. Is that helping me or is that hurting me when I say that? How exactly do I identify if that helps or hurts? Well, it depends. You have to look at the feeling attached to that. Ah, so, okay. you know, if if you say, okay, now I feel disappointed with myself, I feel angry with myself, I feel upset with myself. You know, I it doesn't feel good. Okay, so when when I'm looking at the messages, and I'm also looking at the feeling attached to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And then once I look at the message, and then I look at the feeling, and then at that point, I'm looking at doing what? Then you're looking at if the answer is, yes, this is making me feel worse. How do I change this? How do I put it in a better light? Like for instance, if you are saying, you know, oh, I missed this spot when I'm cleaning. I'm such an idiot. I I never, you know, I always mess that up. I never clean good enough. It's like, you know, challenge that reality. Is that absolutely the truth? You know, is that every time you clean, do you constantly mess up? You know, is it true? Can you validate that that is the truth every time? And if it isn't, then you kind of have to say, you know what, I have to let it go. You know, it's not, sometimes we use these words like always, must, should, never, you know, they're very powerful words that kind of trip us up and and make us think that we're, you know, they, they kind of accentuate the problem that we're creating. Yes, they do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they certainly, and I like that word that you use. They really do trip us up because they they make it seem like you know they stumble us, and then they make it seem like yes, that is the truth. Of course, this always happens, and it's right. like, and it's like no, it doesn't always happen. So, okay, so really challenging. And so what kind of words, um, you know, when you say challenge that thought and really looking at what validates it and does this mm-hmm. always happen? And mm-hmm. so that, then what do you do at that point? Well, I think then, then you say, okay, that's not, the, that's not a fact, so I need to change this. Like even in that moment where you say, oh, I missed that spot, then it's like, that's okay. You know, okay, I missed that spot. I can go back and get it. You know, it it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's like, you know, just go back and and fix the problem. Well, and, you know, I wonder then, so when you're looking, so you're looking at this, this um, behavior that you made a mistake with. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I like how you phrased it there in terms of, okay, now it's not, now you recognize that this is not going to be, um, um, this huge critical thing and you're challenging it and you're recognizing that it's not this, um, um, uh, what, what word like, um, all or nothing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so then you go back and you challenge it and then you, um, correct it, so to speak. Right. And, and I'm wondering though, like for individuals that may struggle with some of that, what what kinds of things will help? What kinds of things may help with that struggle? Because I imagine that might be pretty hard for people. I, I'm not quite sure what exactly you mean. What part? Like when you say, okay, you know. Um, you recognize that, okay, yes, I missed this spot or I missed this thing or whatever, and I need to go back and I need to adjust this. Mm-hmm. What exactly can they do so that they don't make it a big mountain? That it's not going to be, does that make sense? Well, I guess, I mean, realizing, you know, stepping back and kind of putting it in perspective, maybe. Okay. Like saying, you know, if I miss a dust spot, is this the end of the world? I mean, is yes. this really something worth getting upset over? Is this like such a crisis situation that I can't resolve it? So really challenging it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, again, putting it in perspective is the real, you know, how big a deal is this in the bigger scheme of things? Okay. And on that note, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. No matter what stage of life you're in, it's not too late to start thinking about and improving your overall health. Listen for Spread Your Wings and Fly Into Health with host Jennifer Tolo. Our show is all about topics that adults, teens, and communities can relate to. Our guest experts will talk about nutrition, fitness, stress management, health care, and disease management. We'll answer your questions, too. 
spread your wings and fly into health. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. For those of you that have been staying with us, we are talking with Marie Murad Feldman, who is a licensed clinical professional counselor. And we're talking about the messages that you give yourself and how your self-talk affects your behaviors, your feelings, and pretty much uh, your life. And, you know, before we went on break, we were talking about what is thought wellness and, you know, gave an example of, you know, one of the things that gets in the way about um, this, this notion of how most of us have this self-critic. And I was wondering if you can talk about some other things that get in the way of thought wellness. Sure. Um, absolutely. I think one of the big ones that people seem to struggle with is this uh, striving for perfection. I think that's another thing that really trips people up, you know, thinking that they have to do something perfectly or, you know, it's not good enough. And so, like, what might that look like for for somebody, um, like an example? Well, I think... Um, you know, just doing anything and making a mistake. You know, people are so afraid of making a mistake that, you know, sometimes they will rather not do it than avoid trying to make a mistake. So so the messages that they might give themselves would might, might relate to it's better just not to do this, don't even try it, things like that? Yes, I think a lot of people do that, and so they don't even try it because they don't want to make mistakes. And so then when we talk about, um, like, so a person that may have this pattern of thinking of perfectionism, how might they um, behaviorally look like? I mean, are they more um, anxious? Are they more um, uh, avoidance? Are they more, like, do they not tend to take more risks than other people? I mean, I know those are very general. Yeah, I think, uh, actually. I think actually all of the above could be the answer to that. I mean, I think you see a lot of people with anxiety um, 
often one of the things behind that is this this perfectionism ideal that really you know causes them problems and i think you know you have your type a personalities too that you know always have to be the best always have to be number 1 and you know i think a lot of that comes from messages that we do learn early on where you know you want to be the best you want to win you want you know it's it's kind of ingrained in us so i think then we get this ideal that there is such a thing as perfection yeah, and that's a really great point that you brought up, the kind of messages that we get early on and they become ingrained because then it then it sounds like it becomes really challenging to to kind of break some of that. I mean, if we get these messages from early on, um, it, it's harder then to break some of those patterns. Is that something that you've seen in working with clients? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, definitely the way we think is a product of, you know, how we're raised, um, you know, our perception of how we're brought up in the world, what we view, what our experiences have been. And, you know, if you've been doing this 20, 30 years, um, you know, they become automatic. You don't even think about it. It's like a second nature. So you, whatever you've learned in the early stages is what you kind of continue to do later on. Okay, so 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 far you've talked about um, you know like this notion of the self critic as being um, a pattern that gets in the way and perfection perfectionism that gets in the way. Are there any other um, uh, messages or patterns of messages that get in the way? Yeah, I think there's a, a few things that people tend to use. They're sometimes they have unrealistic ideals. I think some of their sometimes goal setting. They set goals maybe perhaps that are too big, unrealistic, you know, and when, when you create a goal, you need to make sure that it's something that's doable so that you can succeed at it. And I think sometimes people just think too big and they set themselves up to fail. Uh, that's, that's a really good one. Can you give an example of maybe like um, something maybe that you've seen or something that maybe is common for people? I mean, like I know, uh, well, what, what might be an example of that? For example, I, I've had, um, you know, some uh, younger clients that have come in and they're just like right out of school and they want to start at the top of the company. And, mm. you know, it, it's not really yeah. reality to work that way. I mean, usually you have to put in your time and, you know, they don't like that idea and they just want to go to the top. So they're very disappointed and they're not happy with where they're at. And, and that's, you know, because the, uh, the other thought that came to mind, because I've seen this too, it sounds like even like for individuals that, you know, um, like want to lose weight or mm-hmm. want want to run a marathon or, mm-hmm. you know, they expect themselves or believe that they could do, they can lose 20 pounds in a month or right. they can run 20 miles within the month and that that does seem unrealistic. Absolutely. And there's no way you're going to succeed at that. And then that in turn makes you feel bad about yourself, like you failed. So how do, how do you then define, I mean, what, what are you, when you talk about what's realistic, how mm-hmm. are you measuring that? What are what are we looking at when we talk about so like if I'm if I'm listening to this session and I'm and I'm saying to myself, okay, let me look at some of my goals that I am setting because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they're actually realistic. How how do I go about doing that? Well, I think like like take the weight one, for example. Um, okay. if I was setting up an action plan to 
complete a goal, I would say, okay, first of all, we want to make sure it's realistic and doable. Um, I mean doable when I'm saying realistic. So, for instance, you can't just say, I want to learn, lose 20 pounds in a week. You know, that's not going to happen. So you have to kind of say, what can I really do? You know, is two pounds something that is doable? So you make them the goal. You make smaller baby steps. So it's like, let's make it two pounds for the week, you know, and, and the more specific you are about it, the more chance you have of doing it. So, for instance, you say, okay, I want to lose two pounds. How am I going to do that? I'm going to work out so and three days a week. You know, what days, what times, what am I going to do? You know, what about eating? And the more you spell it out, the more specific the plan is, the better chance you have of actually accomplishing that. So, really, when you're talking about, um, when you're talking about this pattern, of unrealistic ideals in terms of um, uh, messages that don't Mm -hmm. really work for people. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a way to challenge that is really putting a structured plan into place for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more structured a plan you have, the better chance you have of of knowing what to do. Otherwise, I think if you just have something too vague, you get overwhelmed and you don't do anything. And then you feel bad about yourself because you're not doing anything. Well, and that's interesting because what came to my mind was that, you know, so oftentimes, you know, I don't know about listeners or other individuals, but fantasy is such a nice thing to engage in sometimes. Sure, <laughs> just, why not? Everybody needs just, to once in a while. Just, yeah, of course. It's like, oh, I could just imagine this is happening and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when we develop these plans and whatnot, it's kind of like that takes a lot of work. I mean, it depends what you want, you know, if, if it's mm-hmm. like they say, you know, sometimes you have to put in extra to get what you want, you know, and you have to work hard for the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like when we're talking about thought wellness, it really is aligning um, those messages with what's really important to you, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is all about the individual. I mean, you know, unless they want to change something, it's probably not going to happen. So you have to keep in mind that this is about a choice. You know, you have a choice. You can change something or you don't have to. But if you choose to do it, then you're doing it for yourself. You know, so that should be the motivation to continue on. Have you found that that's often um, something that tends to be scary for people? You know, I I think people are afraid of the unknown, and and change sometimes has that, you know, aspect. And so they get comfortable with what they do know. Yeah. And so sometimes they just stay there rather than take a chance and do something that probably or hopefully should be better for them. Right, and not knowing if it actually will be or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's they get, you know, secure with where they're at. Okay. Okay. So aside from the self-critic, perfectionism, and unrealistic ideals, um, is there any other patterns or messages that you have found that tend to be uh, not fitting in in the realm of wellness? Yeah, I think um, a lot of times uh, people have this desire to want everyone to like them. I think that's another thing that causes people to to, um, hold back and and 
not do certain things because they're worried how people are going to judge them. And so, so the thought pattern, like what might that look like for somebody like with the thoughts and with the, so like a good example. Yeah. A a good example might be like, um, people that really have difficulty saying no. Um, so they might be asked to do something and they really don't want to do it, but they don't say no because they don't want the other person to be upset with them or they don't want the person to not like them or, you know, be angry at them. Okay. Okay. And then is there any other patterns, um, that may fit into this? Well, I think the other one, you know, connected with people is that comparing yourself, you know, there's a lot of people that are constantly comparing themselves to other people and that tends to make them feel bad about themselves too. And so what might that look like? Well, I think, you know, again, I think it's, not fair to the individual unless they are comparing themselves to someone that is absolutely identical in every way, shape, and form. Um, you know, sometimes <laughs> you hear with people, clients will say, like, you know, oh, you know, I have this friend and just everything comes to them and their life is so perfect and, you know, my life is so lousy. And, you know, the reality is you don't know everything that's going on in that other person's life. And they're not exactly in the same situation as you are and they're not identical to you. So to compare them, seems to be a a disservice to yourself. Okay. And so then that way it may also be, so in that respect, it also sounds like then you end up um, like what you were saying earlier about like judgments, that that also kind of comes into play and can lead back to being critical of yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because then you kind of take on the sense of like, everyone's got more than me. Everyone's doing better than me. You know, and again, that's a negative thing. If you're feeling that way, you're feeling, like you said, that total injustice and you feel bad about yourself. And so that can then lead into what you were saying earlier that you may, once you start feeling not so great, then you may not end up doing anything about it, which can then lead to more of these negative thoughts and patterns and then feeling worse, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. It's like a spiral. Okay. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you thought about chiropractic as a possible healing mechanism for any conditions, ailments, or pain you might be feeling? If not, why not think about this as an alternative to or a complement to Western medicine? Tune in to Miracles of Chiropractic with Dr. Doran Rosenfeld and co-host Dr. Robert Woolery. On the show, we'll answer your questions about chiropractic and how much it can save in both time and money when compared to conventional medicine. Listen Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. We're talking with Marie Murad Feldman about messages you give yourself, kind of an introduction to your self-talk patterns and steps to become more effective in your thoughts and self-talk. And, you know, in the last uh, um, segments, we've been talking about what thought wellness is, some of the different things to use your word, Marie, that trips us up. And I really like that phrase because that's so, that's so true. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about, too, like this cycle that happens with when people, when individuals do struggle with these negative thoughts and these patterns and how it affects their feelings and their behaviors. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about um, characteristics of individuals that um, have effective messages, um, you know, that um, and what that looks like and, and how they're able to change that, how, what they do differently, what they look like differently, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of really specific uh, characteristics that people have that use effective messages. And one of the first ones that comes to mind is adaptability. I think that's a huge one where um, they just seem more able to roll with things. You know, when a difficult situation comes up, it's not the end of the world. They don't make it into a crisis. They just kind of say, okay, I've got to change something here. And they're just better able to roll with things. Um, you know, I, I think another one is uh, gratitude. It seems like people that feel fortunate about their situation, they're happy with their job position, they're happy with their home life, um, you know, they're grateful for the things they have, so they see things in a more positive light. Um, another one, I think, is self-esteem. People that have a really good sense of self-esteem also don't seem to have that negative critic constantly popping up in their head. Uh, they feel confident about who they are and they know who they are and they're comfortable with it. And then I think just as important, too, is you got to have a sense of humor. I mean, I think being able to laugh at life definitely makes it a lot easier to get through. Mm. 
Yeah, and that's interesting that you brought that up because uh, next week we're actually going to be talking about humor on the show and how to bring that into your life, both from a comedian perspective and a psychologist perspective. So that's really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that would be entertaining. Sounds good. That'll be great. I'm so glad you brought that up. Great segue. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot better to laugh at life than cry about it. You know, it just seems a lot more effortless to get through that way. Well, you know, and it's interesting that, I mean, these four different characteristics that you brought up, I'm really curious a little bit about, you know, because the thing that came to mind as you were talking about these things is that oftentimes um, individuals that have these different patterns that you mentioned earlier, I mean, some of them really are in this um, survival mode. Um, is the word mm-hmm. that came to mind. And I'm, and I'm curious what your perspective is about that, that it's really um, difficult or challenging or um, just hard to get out of that. And so when you talk about, you know, um, um, adaptability and being grateful and, and, develop, and having good self-esteem or effective self-esteem or a good sense of humor. What, what kinds of things have you found um, that help individuals develop some of these different characteristics? Because let's say like a listener um, is saying to themselves, yeah, you know, I have these different patterns and, and you know, I, I really believe that if I am able to kind of get myself out of these different negative messages that, that it's going to be helpful for me. And I, and, but I don't know how to adapt. I don't feel a lot of gratitude. I don't really have good self-esteem and I'm not particularly funny. So, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> no, no. Um, well, you know, I think it's one of those things where, again, we, we, we always come back to perspective. It's like, yeah. what is the lens that you're looking at the world through? You know, you, first you have to make sure that you can get to a place where you can see everything in a better light. Um, so, you know, for instance, there, usually, you know, depending on what the situation is, obviously, I mean, if you lost somebody and you're grieving, that's very difficult and that's kind of right. a different scenario. But we're kind of talking like in terms of everyday living and just life's, you know, lesser life stressors, mm-hmm. you know, then it's easier to kind of say, okay, step back for a second. A good exercise that I use with my clients that has been very effective is, you know, sometimes when you're in the midst of something, you really can't see clearly. You know, you're just so caught down in it because it's happening to you that you can't see the answer. So what I do with my clients is I'll say to them, okay, let's take you out of it for a second. Let's take the situation that you're having a problem with and let's put your best friend or your husband or somebody close to you in it. Now, if they came to you and said, this is my issue, what would you tell them? And it's amazing. Every single time I've never had a client not be able to tell me immediately how to get out of it. Wow. Okay. So, and that's a really great exercise. So it sounds like just by changing the perspective of, you know, what, what advice or what suggestions do you give someone that you care about that you do the same thing to yourself with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is amazing. I've never seen anyone not be able to tell me immediately how to help their their friend or their their spouse. Um, and so it's like, so yes, the same then applies to you. But sometimes when we're involved in our own crisis, it's just too hard to see outside. So taking yourself out and doing that exercise, I think, is amazing how quickly you can come to a resolution. 
And I think that's a really great point that you make because, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we do get really seduced by that, 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 that silo, you know, when you're in that pattern or you're in that negativity or you're in that, that, that hole or whatever, it can really mm-hmm. be seductive and keep you stuck there. Absolutely. And yeah, so, and I, yeah, go ahead. So, so oh, I was going to say, and yeah, and that, so that, that simple question seems to take you out of it. And so change, so changing your perspective, it sounds like you could do that. Absolutely. And I think that's, that, that's going to come up over and over again with any of this stuff. It's like you really, it is about changing the way you're looking at things, you know? And then as far as, um, you know, gratitude, I mean, even people that are in a bad situation, surely they have one thing or something that they feel grateful for. You know, there has to be something that does go right in their life. I, th- I think we spend so much time always looking at everything that's wrong. How much mm-hmm. time do you actually say, well, what's right in my life? And that's such a great question because, you know, I, I, I and I like that question is what is going right for you? You know, whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, traffic was light this morning or you got mm-hmm. all the green lights this morning, you know, instead of sitting in the red lights all morning. I mean, those are those are things that go right for you. Yeah. Um, so, and that's such a great, a great way to phrase it too. What's going right? Um, because oftentimes I think people don't really know what it means, you know, what it may mean to them to be grateful for something. So mm-hmm. phrasing it and changing that perspective of, you know, okay, well, what's going right sounds very different. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, even with that self-critic, again, it's like, you know, it's always focused on what you did wrong. You know, again, you never say, well, what did I did? What did I do that was good today? What did I do that was right today? How many okay. times do you ask yourself that? Yeah. And that's, that's really a, a nice way to rephrase that and to put it like what you said, to put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. So what about um, with this self-esteem thing? What, what suggestion can you offer for that? Well, I think first, again, I think that's one of those things where you have to ask, your, ask yourself the question, how do I see myself? What is my view of myself? You know, and if it's negative, then what are the things I'd like to change? You know, and if there are things I'd like to change, how can I go about changing them? You know, so starting to work on the things that you feel you need to strengthen in yourself. Um, so like making a list of those things to start off with. Sure. Actually, I am a huge advocate of lists. So yes, I make lists for everything, but uh, that's a great thing. Like write it out. You know, what is, this is, you know, how would you describe yourself to someone else is usually a good starting question. So how do you describe yourself to someone else now? So let's say, I mean, well, and just to kind of play devil's advocate for a moment, um, Let's say that you have somebody who is very, you know, as we're looking through some of these um, thought patterns that you mentioned earlier, you know, they have a very harsh self-critic. They're very perfectionistic. They have these really high, unrealistic ideals. They want everybody to like them. They Mm -hmm. compare themselves unrelentlessly with everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're, when they're putting this list together about, um, you know, what, what they, what they want to change about themselves or what they want to do differently or what they like about themselves, that's going to be either a really, really big list or a really, really small list. 
Yeah, it can be. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you navigate that then? I mean, what, what, you know, without it being like, you know, playing devil's advocate, I guess I'm looking at it from, okay, well, either I'm going to feel really, really bad about myself mm-hmm. with that, or I'm going to be like, wow, I got a whole lot of work to do, or I got really no work to do. Well, if you have no work to do, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you should be glad about that, right? Um, if you do have to look at it and it's a long list, you know, again, the idea isn't to make yourself feel worse about it. You know, you have to say, okay, so there are some things that I would like to improve on. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's like you have to prioritize. If I'm looking at this list, what is like the number one thing that I'd really like to start with. You know, you do one at a time. And I'm a big believer that as long as we have a breath in our body, we should continue to grow and learn. So there's nobody that's finished. You know, that's kind of my view of that. So it's not a bad thing if you have a long list. You've got hopefully many years to work on it. And it's like you take one thing at a time and you're doing it because it's going to make you feel better, not because you have to. Yeah. And you mentioned a phrase earlier too, that I I wanted to get back to, you know, you mentioned this, this notion of letting it go. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and I thought that was really um, important to, to kind of revisit a little bit when we were talking earlier about, you know, with the whole um, list, you know, talking earlier about recognizing your patterns and listening to the messages and if it's helping you or hurting you and then mm-hmm. challenging some of those thoughts and just kind of recognizing when you need to let something go and when you don't. Absolutely. You know, and, it, and it sounds like that's something that kind of fits into what you're saying now even is, you know, maybe maybe there are some things that you let go. Maybe there are some things that you put at the bottom of the list to say, okay, work on them later. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to fix everything all at once. You know, it's it's a it's a process and it's like you know, it's it's at your pace, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Okay. And then and then for the last one there that you mentioned, the sense of the sense of humor. <laughs> well, I, I just think that life is really tough if you can't laugh at it. So yes. um I just think it's easier to laugh than to cry. <laughs> Yeah. And so what kinds of things do you suggest like um, with clients, um, you know, that you see that that you that you have found to be effective? Well, I think sometimes they get so serious, you know, and they I mean, everything is so black and white. And it's like I try to tell them, you know what, most of life is actually lived in the gray. So if you can come in off the edges, you know, and try to find the balance and just lighten up. You know, I know that's easier said than done, especially for some people that have been really intense so long, but sometimes you just see the pressure that they're putting on themselves and you're like, why are you doing that to yourself? It doesn't feel good, you know, and you have the power to stop it. I guess that's the one big thing with all these thoughts we come back to is like, I ask clients, you know, because a lot of times they're like, they get angry or people upset them. And I say, well, who puts the thoughts in your head? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Then they go, well, I do. And like, okay, so why would you do that to yourself? And they, they uh, look at you and go, oh, my God, <laughs> you're right. I mean, you have control over that. Okay. And so being able then to figure out effective ways to manage that is really the key. Absolutely. I mean, I think we have to remember that we are in control of our thoughts. I mean, we put the thoughts in our head. 
we have choices. We can choose to look at something positively or we can look at it negatively. You know, a lot of times we may initially do it negatively because that's how we've been doing it for so many years. But once we recognize that that's what we've been doing, we can change that. Okay. And on that note, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned. And for those of you that are joining us, we are uh, here with Marie Murad Feldman, who is a licensed clinical professional counselor, talking with us about messages that you give yourself. And we've been talking about lots of messages that people give themselves and the different effects that they have on individuals. And right before we went on break, you know, you mentioned um, how individuals, you know, really do have the choice in terms of um, how, you know, how they talk to themselves and that oftentimes people do put pressure on themselves. And one of the things um, that I wanted to um, bring up is, you know, how do you think then relaxation techniques can work with that? Well, I mean, I, I think they work in two ways. You know, they work on an emotional level and they work on a physiological level. You know, and uh, what I mean by the emotional level is, you know, when you're doing like deep relaxations, like deep breathing visualizations, um, what happens is the focus is moved away from the negative thinking and any of the stressors that you might be worried about. You know, so it's actually giving you a break, allowing you um, to feel relaxed for a while and not focus on the things that are causing you emotional upset. On the physiological level, you know, there's several things that take place in in your body. Um, You know, they actually decrease heart rate, decrease respiration, 
blood pressure, uh, your muscles get more relaxed, your thinking becomes clearer, and often you are able to sleep better at night, too, by using these. And, so you, you know, can... Some, Go ahead, oh, sorry. I was just going to say some of the techniques that you can use to do these relaxation are deep breathing, uh, muscle relaxation, which is where you tense and relax your muscles, visualizations, uh, meditations, guided in, uh, imageries, and they have books and tapes and all kinds of apps for these things that you can get. So you found that relaxation techniques can actually help not only reduce some of the pressure um, that people may put on themselves from some of these messages that they tell themselves, but physiologically, it can also help reduce some of that stuff that happens from the messages. Absolutely, because I, I guess sometimes people don't realize that even when they're having these emotional things, it is definitely ex- ex- um, affecting your body, too, in so many different ways. Okay, so, you know, just out of curiosity, do you think that, um, I mean, is it realistic to think positively all the time? You know, I think the answer to that is no. Um, I think, you know, sometimes <laughs> things just upset us. You know, sometimes we get caught in the moment and, rea- you know, we react in- instinctively. You know, and I think you're, especially if you're prone to negative thinking and you're tired or stressed, you become more vulnerable to that thinking. So it is easy to step back. But the good news is after what we talked about today, we now know what to do with that. And, you know, that word that you used, I think, is really important, too, you know, just being that that we can be more vulnerable to some of these um, patterns and some of these messages based on, you know, what you mentioned earlier, just different circumstances and different situations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, okay. And so then, you know, I'm wondering then, too, you know, what you mentioned earlier, um, Kind of given, you know, what we did talk about, I'm curious a little bit if you think that some people are just wired to be more negative thinkers than others, or um, do you think, like, there is something to, like, some of the, um, you know, life circumstances, Um, some people, um, you know, just have more of a propensity for that. What, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, I think, um, you know, early on, maybe at a genetic basis, some people are, are more positively wired. However, I think, you know, the thinking is a product of our view of the world, and it's based on how we're brought up and our experiences throughout our development. You know, I think anyone can definitely change their thought pattern if they want to. You know, and, I, and as we go through life, I think we're exposed to other ways of viewing the world, and we realize that we have choices and that there isn't just one way of doing something. And so it sounds like what what you're suggesting then is that, I mean, you've mentioned this before, too, that um, um, these messages that we give ourselves are something that we need to be aware of, and that mm-hmm. once we become aware of them, then we really do have a choice in terms of how we want to change them. Absolutely. And that we can change them and that based on, however, if we're willing to put some of the work into doing that by using some of the things that you've talked about today. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the bottom line is you have to realize you're doing it for you and you're worth it. 
Okay. And so given that, um, if people want to get more information um, about some of the information that you talked about or uh, find out what services that you offer or hear more about um, the services that you offer, what are some ways that people can get in contact with you? Sure. There's a couple of different ways. Um, one through my website, which is at supportivetherapy.org, or they can contact me via email at refeldma at gmail.com, or they can call me at 773-230-0902. Well, thank you so much, Marie, for joining us today and sharing all this great information and, I mean, just really motivating us <laughs> for changing our thought patterns. That's fabulous. And great. listeners, join us next week as we talk with Dr. Carla Steingraber, who is a licensed psychologist, and Derek, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this na- last name as well, Len Wenas, who is a comedian as they talk about humor. So, Marie, thanks for joining us, and everyone have a great weekend. Thanks, Serena. You're welcome. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwa hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.